everybody. Welcome back to my second month installment of Kind of Radical. Today we have a guest again. It is a good friend of mine, a dear friend, but not the animal, a dear, D-E-A-R friend, just to clarify. <laughs> um, She's here with me today. We're going to have a great conversation. This is my friend, Abigail Pribble. She is a senior at Lake Forest College, which is where we met. She is majoring in music education and psychology. She currently teaches music and me classes for children, infants through four years old. And after graduation, she would like to explore music and language education through the Peace Corps or to pursue a master's degree in music therapy. She would like you to know that she is a fun time, she loves rocks, and though she has no access to a boat, she really enjoys them. So please welcome Abigail Pribble. Hey, thanks for Hi. having me. Thanks for Hi. being here. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? I'm great. Um, <laughs> so Abigail and I were neighbors our freshman year of college we were that's yeah that's how we met during that COVID how, huh during COVID during COVID yes and I had I, my own room and you and Ashley had that huge room right so my roommate and I were neighbors with Abigail and I think it was like the second <clears> or third day after we moved in and I heard something through the walls I heard someone singing and playing the guitar and I freaked out and texted my roommate and said, you've got to be kidding. Our neighbor is a freaking singer. <laughs> this is going to be awful. And then it turns out Abigail's an incredible musician and singer. Stop. Thanks. But she is. Give a plug for your for your music. Um, I don't really have anything to say. Okay, that's okay. Well, <laughs> she does. She writes some songs. Don't you have a song? Oh, yeah, I do. I have. Okay. I guess this is the plug. Yeah. I'm in a band with my friend Eva. We're called Party Garden and we have one song out on Spotify, but hopefully there's more to come. We okay. Just need what's to the be song called? Productive. It's called Tracks in the Snow. Tracks in the Snow. And I believe I heard you sing it at the talent show last year. Yeah, probably. Before it was released on Spotify, before you were famous. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So remember me when you're famous, will you? I will always. Remember me when you're famous and your podcast takes off. <laughs> okay, I will. Awesome. Um, so Abigail's a silly, goofy gal. Um, I wanted to share this story of, I think it was the end of our freshman year. Um, mm. So we lived on the first floor of this building in like the middle of campus. And my window on my side of the room did not have a screen in it it so we could we would open it and people would climb in and out of the window all the time do you remember that yeah well I do you remember I've lost my key for a week and didn't get a new one and I was climbing in out of the windows to get into my room I, I did not remember <laughs> that <laughs> well I lost it I think when you Ashley and I were hammocking together and I lost it in the grass oh okay um wow well I'm glad we had the window 
yeah so thanks for that <laughs> yeah but one time I remember at the end of the year um I think you had eggs that you didn't know you must have had eggs because I didn't have a fridge okay I didn't have eggs so someone eggs. somehow we had acquired <laughs> and you I think I probably said something like can I throw one at you and you were like yeah sure like I, I want you to throw an egg at me so yeah. you climbed out the window and I pelted you with raw eggs yeah like a couple eggs and I think this says a lot just about the nature of our friendship and who we are as people because that was so unnecessary it was like the middle that's, of campus that's how we would have a fun time like I don't, that was really I can't think of a way to have a better worse. time than that I can't either there's something that's also very poignant in my memory is you calling me over not with your words not through text message or the phone app you would blast Morgan Wallen through the wall or just like punch the wall and that's how I knew to come over I do remember that I think I also fed you like seven summers I think I did love that song freshman year um I I think I I also fed you a raw hot dog one time um I remember oh yeah you did you were intoxicated (laughs) and you came in our room and I just like forced a raw hot dog in your mouth (laughs) oh my god yeah that was not consensual no I okay well maybe I just like outed myself but I ate it I ate it (laughs) so it went both ways I guess (laughs) I'm so sorry for that was that now I'm just remembering all the stuff we did. There was that. I remember you guys just had that like giant bottle of vodka and we would slowly. Yeah, it was drink. huge. Just like on a random night, literally just the three of us. And we were we were preparing for some show and what's we were singing. So I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. So oh, yeah. we were yeah, like, you, you and I over and over again. You and I were going to do the talent show for relay for life relay for life yeah but but it was at like 3 a.m and i had a soccer game the next day so i (laughs) I, we never performed it because i was like i have to get some sleep before this game yeah and it the whole thing fell through anyway and it was a total disaster but but we did practice so diligently a lot oh but not as probably not as much as we practiced for the um mama mia scene that we recreated in the public bathroom Yes, I cannot believe I got down hands and knees on that floor. Yes, so for the people who don't know what we're talking about, in the first Mamma Mia movie, when they sing Chikatita, um, and they're in the bathroom talking to Donna, mm-hmm. we had, Abigail and I recreated being the two friends over and under the bathroom door speaking to Donna, singing to Donna. Singing, yeah. And in the public beautiful. communal dorm bathroom yeah yeah that there was, was a there's a part where the friends one of them stands on the other's back <laughs> to look into the stall and we did that it was probably like 10 minutes on the floor for me right because I think the phone kept falling so we had to keep <laughs> <laughs> yeah. doing it over and over again oh my gosh oh, so gosh. we have I a lot of fun times. 
Oh, am I not allowed to curse? Oh, I curse all the time. It's okay. I didn't really control myself there. That's okay. I think it adds a lot of emphasis and flavor onto what we're saying. I agree. Um, So we have a lot of fun times. I'm super glad that we get to reconnect through our podcast, my podcast right now. Uh, I appreciate you being here, but I think we should get into it. Are you ready? So ready. All right. So today, Abigail and I are going to, we're going to discuss, debate, kind of like pick apart our individual perspectives on the gender binary and experiences with those opinions on those um abigail's gonna open us up here by reading a excerpt uh go ahead and introduce it please okay so there's a lot of context i think i need to give and we'll see if i can do it justice but the book i'm getting this from is called in ghostly japan and it's written by this guy who lived in the western world for most of his life and then moved to japan and just really found a deep appreciation with that culture and the more eastern way of doing things so the book is mainly a collection it says japanese legends of ghosts Um, and other oddities so it's a lot of folklore but then he included one conversation that he had with a friend while he was in Japan and it's about it sort of explores the gender binary and analyzes the relationship between men and women saying that oh gosh this gets really complex but basically uh, it's it's a small portion of it well, I feel like this is, I have a, a, the part I want to read, but this is just like for context. Okay, okay. So it's a lot. I'm picking apart the main idea. Okay. But it basically is saying that men and women each fall into the trap of trying to exert their will on one another because they're attracted to each other in that way. And that in wanting to exert that will, it's like weakening the identity they could have within their individual masculinity and femininity so that's the background and then it goes on to say this is the part i'm reading directly from the book and what of the person able through knowledge and practice of the higher law to remain superior to all weaknesses of the sex such a one he replied would be reborn neither as man nor as woman providing there were no pre-existent karma powerful enough to check or to weaken the results of the self-conquest reborn in someone of the heavens by the apparitional birth not necessarily he said such a one might be reborn in a world of desire like this but neither as a man nor as a woman only reborn then in what form in that of a perfect being he responded a man or a woman is scarcely more than half a being because in our present imperfect state either sex can be evolved only at the cost of the other in the mental and physical composition of every man there is an undeveloped woman and in the composition of every woman there is an undeveloped man Hmm. but a complete being have a fully developed sense of both sides both genders okay so to kind of summarize what you just said a full complete human being 
in our world would be a fully conscious feminine, like have fully conscious feminine and masculine traits. Yes. So this really, I read this and I was like, whoa, yes, I fully resonate. This this is almost exactly what I believe in because basically what they are describing is the definition of a non-binary person and something I want to talk about a little bit later is how we label these things because I use she her pronouns but by definition I feel like I am a non-binary person this could get some hate but we can dive into this it's called kind of radical for a reason so yeah but like I dress I mean you know what I look like yeah (laughs) I I look like a man but I feel very feminine at the same time okay so I have family members who many people would say are more masculine and yet they feel very feminine like they're very proud of their feminine identity but they present themselves in ways that is typically not connotated with the feminine so yeah and get what you're saying and when we look at it and I guess sort of separate the two categories masculine and feminine which is something I like to shy away from doing but the like what's associated with the masculine is like drive action logic and what's associated with the feminine is more intuitive nurturing qualities that teach us like to be more aware and in tune with our surroundings and something we talked about on the phone was that in my child development class and I totally could have misremembered this uh, we talked about the instrumental traits of men and the essential traits of women or I guess I shouldn't even use those words because they don't describe every individual but like of the masculine and feminine and then I was really getting into those two words this morning and instrumental is like a crucial agent as part of a whole process and essential is the thing of utmost importance and it made me think about what you told me about your view right which so we did talk about this on the phone to kind of prepare for this episode and I remember specifically um you had said you were using an example as a typically masculine trait is assertiveness Mm. and I had kind of pushed back on that thought and said but there are ways of assertiveness and types that are very feminine. And then I had used the example of the very common mama bear, which we all know is like when someone messes with a child, the mom of that child will be very assertive and protective. And that is a form of very feminine assertiveness. And me, I am an assertive woman and my family, my mother is an assertive woman and I have friends that are very assertive women. And so I had kind of pushed back that that is not a masculine trait, but there are very strong ways that that is a feminine trait. I, I agree. And I think that the difference is like looking at the these stereotypically masculine and then feminine qualities 
the assertiveness well to start the assertiveness of a man is aggression and i don't think there ever needs to be aggression right which i like to use this time that's a good i'm gonna swoop in real quick can i can i just finish this thought i'm sorry yes i got too excited it's just it's (laughs) because i always forget what i'm gonna say but it's like this quick aggression like short temper from men that I think is the stereotype but when we talk about women being assertive it's thought through and it has like an emotionally charged power behind it and I say emotionally charged I don't I mean it in a very positive way because I feel like another stereotype is that women are overly emotional I don't think that's true I think there's almost always a reason for it's almost always justified right so yeah okay there are two things I'd like to say to that. At the beginning, you had listed logic as a masculine, a typically masculine trait. And yet one of the things you just said was that women's assertiveness is more thoughtful and therefore logical. And so yeah. I just find a lot of contradictions. And I'm not, not you specifically, because I understand that you're drawing ideas from other people, but the whole idea of what is a masculine trait versus feminine trait is contradictory because a man's assertiveness, which is then often taken out as aggression, is illogical. Lots of people can see that. But a woman's assertiveness is logical, yet it's masculine to be logical. And they're very contradictory. The second thing I would like to say, going on this aggression point, is this is a very... I would like to preface this by saying I understand that what I'm going to say is radical and very contested, kind of radical, and it's very contested and a lot of beliefs in this field and just people in general. However, I see in society that there is very little space for what we consider masculine traits. And if the masculine traits are good traits, I find that they are naturally feminine traits, which is my opinion about the assertiveness. A woman is assertive and logical. A man is assertive and illogical, which leads to aggression, which has no room in a perfect society. So what you what you just said there made me think of like sort of what you're saying is that the unbalanced masculine energy has no room in this society but if you take those stereotypically masculine traits and then balance them with the feminine energy then that is sort of the perfect man but the unbalanced feminine energy isn't a problem because if you're unbalanced feminine then it it usually creates a more reserved passive person but this gets into what I want to talk about with just like sort of taking an above perspective of our society and realizing how crucial these labels are to us because we cannot have this discussion without saying oh this is the stereotype of this gender like we because obviously this doesn't cover each individual and the instances that we are citing are 
very personal and obviously there are great men and obviously there are great women but like if we look above and separate the individuals from their labels I think if we gave people the freedom to say yes I am a man yes I am a woman but if we never created the stereotypes that belong with either category you would see everyone embracing the balance of both traits but we wouldn't have to even consider traits masculine and feminine because it would just be what is and we would have allowed that from the very beginning but instead now everyone feels so pressured to classify themselves in these boxes and live up to these stereotypes and I know you have something you want to say so no this (laughs) is just going so splendidly I'm I'm so happy that you are on this podcast right now I'm so happy that I'm on your podcast this is such a good discussion and this is what really gets me up in the morning um (laughs) anyway I really liked how you put it about the balance and that if there is an unbalanced masculine that is negative, but an unbalanced feminine is more neutral or just neutral, like is I mean like for lack of a better word like fine like like I oh wouldn't well. say I wouldn't say fine because what is it doing to that individual though what is that life you know because you're just sort of hiding hiding in what way like when I think of. Like for me personally, when I'm in a a state of maybe too much femininity, I find that I'm very nervous to speak about the things I'm passionate about. And I just stay very quiet in situations where I know I have something to say. And in another situation when when I'm feeling differently, like I would have no problem saying it. You know what I mean? I mean, I definitely understand that. I think like you had just said, that's on a personal like personality-based level um I want to go back to what you were just saying before I was expressing um I kind of forgot what you were just saying though oh about the like remove the labels and just let people yes be without the pressure of having to like sort all these things out and fit into the categories and Yes. So what I was going to say is if we have people say, you know, like you had said, I am a woman, I'm a man, but there is no stereotypes with those things. Mm -hmm. I think it would be different to be. Okay. Hang on. Let me go at that a different way. Are you trying to bring up like the non-binary perspective? No. I'm trying to bring up a feminine man in our world today is very unacceptable. Um, Unacceptable in the fact that like, you're just kind of pushed to the edge of society. Like, you know, you're just like not as respected as a feminine man. Yet as a masculine woman, you're very respected. Hmm. A, a woman with typical masculine traits. Do you disagree? Well, I feel like I am a very masculine woman. <laughs> like, okay. You know me. The yes. listeners don't. You can maybe attest to that. But I find once I am in a circle with men 
or I guess the right kind of men, then I am, I do feel very respected and included, but the men I've come across like on our college campus, just day to day, I have a lot of trouble talking to them or feeling comfortable even just doing that because I am a woman who looks like a man and I know that a lot a lot of men just I don't know how to phrase it but I just feel like I can't join that like circle with the men unless it's people I already know and trust and I know that they are I don't know, just like good men, the type of men we've talked about that we're like, like yeah, you're fantastic. You know, right, right. Normally it is feminine men who I feel respected by. Yes. Because we sort of have that matching energy. Right. So um, what I was going to say is that I think a lot of that has to do with, I mean, the pressures of masculinity, but specifically related to masculine domination and kind of in regards to the patriarchy um that it's different because they don't really know where to classify you do you know what I mean no they do like, not like, you should go into a, a women's restroom what God. do you mean well you should see me in a women's restroom when like the men walking into the other side are like, um, you you want to go in here? And I'm like, no, actually, I don't. That's I don't want to. I don't have a penis. <laughs> right. I would be very scared if I went in there. Yeah, maybe don't do that. So. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like an experience I have all the time. I think it's so funny. Like we can laugh about it. Okay. Anyway. So, well, okay. So maybe let's move on to get into some non-gender conforming ideas and Mm -hmm. as you shared a little bit like you do have experience with that because physical appearance does not classify you as one or the other um Mm -hmm. and there's an increasing Mm -hmm. number of people who choose to present themselves like that um do you think especially in regards to my opinions on there's no room for masculine traits in the society like where does someone who does not choose man or woman or does not feel accepted in man or woman? Like, where do they belong in what I had said? I think because when you say that you don't think there's room for masculine traits in society, I take that as the unbalanced masculine because I really believe that to be this perfect person, like the excerpt was talking about, or like maybe a better word is a truly balanced person. You have to have, oh my gosh, my watch has an alarm that goes off every day at one of three and I don't know how to turn it off. Okay, I got it. Okay. Um, um, yeah, I think a non-binary person has that balance or is closer to achieving it than just a like heterosexual man or a heterosexual woman. Where was I going? I got distracted with my... Okay, can I jump in until you remember? Okay, so I agree with that. And I guess in the sense that you're saying, I I would, I feel balanced. I like, I have lots of feminine traits, but like I said, I'm very assertive. I shouldn't have said just heterosexual, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like the top 
realistic versions of yes yes um what was i saying we keep attracting each other (laughs) um what you asked me where i think a non-binary person would fit in your definition of or in your idea that there's no room so i mean i think I mean, I feel like I am balanced. I have what I consider typical masculine traits, but like I had said, I don't consider the masculine in my body. I consider that to be a feminine, like a Francis trait. I don't like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's, yes, and that's exactly what it should be. You just are. Okay, okay, that's a good way to, okay. I think I've kind of walked myself into understanding here that- There we go. That <laughs> when I'm- I'd like to say just for a little disclaimer that if I say anything on here and then in a few months or years I learn something, my opinions are very fluid and can change easily. And how I feel right now is not necessarily how I'll think in a few years time or a few days time. So like I had said in my introduction, like my only justification for being on here is that I have an opinion and I just feel like I should share it. So if it's changing, then that's just because I'm a child learning in this world. Anyway. Nothing wrong with that. You're allowed to change. Thank you. you. Change. So let's take my, I'm, I'm assertive. Let's say I'm confrontational. I'm very confrontational. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people are not, but a lot of women typically are less confrontational um but I don't consider that in me in my body that's not oh I'm it's masculine I'm confrontational that's just me that I'm confrontational so I guess like I said I've kind of walked myself into this understanding that there is no typical masculine typical feminine and so if we take um my friend who is he uses he they pronouns and they are very emotional for for them they wouldn't consider that a feminine trait that would just be a a them trait is that kind of what you're what you've been saying this whole time that I now just finally have and it's because it's and I totally could have put it in a better way I think you hit the nail right on the head because what you're describing is this natural balance and to go back to your question how would a non-binary person I don't remember what exactly you said but like react to what I'm saying about not needing masculine traits in society and I honestly don't think a truly balanced person would react because they would recognize okay the they mean the or she means the unbalanced masculine those are the negative traits not the Yes, masculine balanced out with the feminine to create this wonderful human being. Yes, and I do have an example that I've been thinking about. Um, So how I said a perfect society would be no, that's, I'm going to continue using your terminology. A perfect society would have no unbalanced masculine. Okay. A society with unbalanced, with no unbalanced masculine is the amazons from dc comics princess or not princess diana oh she's not what just just diana 
just Wonder Woman, but the Amazons, right? Like they live in peace without any men and they're warriors. And obviously this is like mythical. Um, But do you understand what I'm saying? Like, that's like an, an example. And then we have another example, very famous in history of only men society. And that would be the Lord of the Flies. And we all know how that ends with people murdering each other. In history, or you mean what? Like, like that's the book? Talking about the yeah. book? Yeah, the sorry, I meant like that. Like, is a very hist- like the the story that literature. Oh, very. I thought I was like, is it a true story? No, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I just mean like kids have to read no, it. I, I should have just like known. I, it's a very famous literature yeah. example. So, so do you understand what I mean? Like the women live in perfect harmony. They're warriors, they're badasses, they're great and hot. And then we have the fucking Lord of the Flies and they kill people. Um, And I mean, I read it a long time ago. I just remembered someone dies and it's a shit show. So that's a lot of unbalanced masculinity in that one. That goes to fucking hell. And then the other one, I mean, both are made up, but I just... I mean, someone thought of that and someone realized those are two very different examples and they end very differently from each other. They kind yeah. of go along with what we're saying. I also think it's it would be easier to sort out an issue with unbalanced femininity than it would be to sort out an issue if you're unbalanced masculine. Because when I think of unbalanced masculine, I just think of like chaos and rage. But even when you're in your unbalanced feminine, I think there's still like more emotional intelligence and more apt communication that would happen. And it would just like get worked out. Women are just like that. Right. Um, do you know, do you know like the pop culture thing? It's like on TikTok where they're like, this guy is written by a woman. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So like those are very, very feminine balanced men um the one I'm thinking of is Timothy Chalamet in Little Women specifically oh that's like always what I go to yeah but he's he's like so supportive and he's such a feminist and like you know like everyone's like he's written by a woman um like he just understands like I say my boyfriend's written by a woman because you know but like he's got like super high emotional intelligence and he's very calm and there's no aggression and I mean he's very logical but it's always taken like in a such a broad sense like I said like emotional intelligence not just like numbers you know (laughs) so so I think that that like common thing that we see written by women is like just like a very balanced or even like feminine heavy person yeah I agree with that So another question I did want to bring up is in regards to um, non-binary people, people who use they, them pronouns, um, why is it such a problem? And why do people who are masculine or, or who are, who identify as male or female, why do they get so, why are they so against it and are so offended by someone who chooses to be non-binary? I I know that like some people definitely do get offended and are just like like say they hate 
those people but there are also the people who say that they're allies and then are still weirded out by that concept and I feel like that's something else we need to include and I really think it's because they are just either uncomfortable with what is different than them and it'll take time for them to because it is like a learning process and sometimes it doesn't come as naturally to others like when it comes to like using the right pronouns and everything else that goes along with that but then the other thing is is that you could just have a toxic person who is so something that may help answer this question and I think this is what I wanted to bring up early earlier and totally forgot about my brother this is like totally going off track (laughs) but my brother is going to acupuncture at this holistic medicine place and they tell him (laughs) I see the way you're looking at me they but they tell him you are deficient in your yin and like we were talking about earlier it's the yin yang balance concept right that they are embracing in this holistic tradition of more eastern medicinal practices so they're telling him all the things he can do to like increase his yin and it's not just like emotional spiritual searching it's like foods he can eat exercises he can do like to just increase this energy and yin is feminine and yang is masculine so they're saying he has too much this masculine energy but i think if but your someone... brother is a feminine man correct like well, I he's... Him. he's a little he's feminine like he's my brother a... is a gay man but i think the a common misconception a common misconception or this might just be my this is probably just my opinion so i don't want anyone to like get offended and like you are who you are you know who you are be strong in that but i think a lot of people think oh gay men are overly feminine and they think that because of the way they dress the way they talk they're outwardly very flamboyant but emotionally they are still very very masculine like my brother doesn't I notice a lot of overtly masculine traits in that he's very disconnected from his emotional self very like into the way he looks and like building muscles and that all the his like doctor acupuncture person says that even just like wanting to work out that much and these other like I don't even know activities that are more masculine just like boost this yang even more and create like that makes sense man I'm not saying my brother's a toxic man but I'm just saying like but he still um, has, he still, like, absorbed that masculinity that yeah. is expected, like, to, okay, 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 I understand. So continue, so he's boosting his yin. Yeah, he's trying to boost his yin right now. But I think that someone Ing. who, what? King. <laughs> what? King. <laughs> oh, yeah, he is a king. I love my brother. But going back to your original question, Sorry. I'll tangent um someone who is just so overtly masculine or feminine that it's toxic I think we just have such a jaded perspective that they can't begin to fathom how someone could want to embrace the other the other right so like something that's 
I guess in that sense, then an unbalanced feminine would be a negative. Yes, if I don't if, know, it gets I mean, into... if they have a if they're, I mean, if they have a prejudice against someone who is non-binary, and right, and obviously it also has to do with like what environment you were raised in and other just like character traits I mean, and things that aren't necessarily okay. influenced by personally energy we're talking about. Yes, personally, I always push back on that argument, like the the product of their time and like product of their environment. I push back on that because I just kind of think it's like a cop out for them. Like it's just an excuse. Um, I mean, it's 2023. Like you can live in like buttfuck nowhere, Oklahoma and say that you're racist and homophobic because of who you were raised by. But like you have a phone and media and like people are like changing and like you need to be aware of that and holding like ancient fucking prejudices just because and like using the like your environment as your excuse I've always thought that's just like ridiculous I agree with that to an extent but I think you also have to put yourself in the other person's perspective and if you were that person living in just like very rural small town Indiana and the only news you watched was like what your parents had on Fox News or whatever, whatever like conservative media you're consuming. And like that becomes what's on your Twitter feed, your Instagram feed, because you know how it all ties together. And if you never leave, then you don't, you aren't aware of any other perspective. But if you are someone who naturally wants to learn and grow and leave that community, it might be the case of, oh, I'm uncomfortable with it at first and I don't really know how to approach this topic but I'm open to learning about it and I know some people get offended when they're like oh I when other people approach them like oh I want to learn but like really some people just don't know about these topics or even how to get into them so it's important I don't know just to like be aware that there are people who may want to learn but they just don't have access yeah okay so going back initially (laughs) so we we just keep going on tangents so why are certain men and women getting so offended by non-binary people and there's I mean such a political debate about um sports and bathrooms and healthcare um that's just getting like well that gets more into um transgender like transgender people in sports and yeah I yeah I know more of the transgender but at a murky it 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 gets murky the lines the lines get blurred and I don't want to get into like the political side of it but we don't have time for that we really don't that could be another episode (laughs) yeah but um but I'm I was just using that as an example of um difference when it comes to gender identity that people oppose um and they and people are still mad about that like if you're mad at a gay man lesbian woman transgender person non-binary person you're still mad at something that's different than yourself but you're not mad at a masculine man like if you take they're they're mad at what's on it what's new and like the change 
it's I don't even think it's a their anger isn't directed towards gender and sex and the person at all it's just the response to fear and something encroaching on them because they feel like it's threatening their identity I think that's what so you think it has nothing to do with the actual person itself it's just the fact that something is different and new yeah and people don't think I don't know if people aren't emotionally aware and aren't really trying to figure out okay why am I specifically feeling the way I'm feeling then they're they'd be so quick to direct that anger towards the person but it's not about that it's about their own fear so so I mean I guess I see where you're coming from because at one point in our in the history of the United States um you could I mean it was not a good thing to be African-American people were awful and did they not like that because it was, you know, because of the color of your actual skin or did they not like it just because it was new and different? Well, it wasn't new. It's just that these people... Well, the rights were new. People who were formally... I want to be very careful here. People who... I mean, yeah, were marginalized and to a higher degree than they are now, but still are, were, I guess, like, for lack of better words, moving up in the world and, like, fighting for their rights. And, like, toxic white people didn't want to see that. That scared them because it was drastic change in their society. And I think they felt like it threatened their own identity. Like, oh, someone who looks different than... I do is fighting to have the same privilege what crazy that was you know I think that was sort of the thought process I don't know and that's what we see now I think with any member of the LGBTQ plus community coming forward and fighting for equal like marital rights and whatever else is that it's the same situation in that oh like this person is so different they can't have the same things as I have the same rights as I have because it goes back to our need to put people in boxes and have these classifications so I am one type of person I (laughs) wait can I finish this yeah you can just I think people can just assume where I'm going okay um I just want to again be very careful with this that was a um radical analogy that I just made And that there were clearly much, I would like to point out, much more struggles in the rights for the civil rights movement than I have noticed in the acceptance of the LGBTQ plus. Infinitely more struggles. Like, (laughs) right. So we like understand that those are like very different. However, the only parallel that we are drawing between the two is that it is a social movement for increased rights that are being denied based on the difference of human beings. Yes, thank and you that for... is the only parallel that we are drawing between the two movements. Yeah. Um, but, important. Yes, um, but that is what I was pointing out or like trying to draw from that comparison is, is it based on what the movement is for, like ethnicity and race or sexual orientation? Or is it just the fact that it's someone different than the norm is trying to gain something that is given to them 
to the majority of the I public. really think it's the latter because what I was going to start saying is that like you have one just because of our need for labels and classifications you have one person who has their set of characteristics and because labels are so prevalent and like there's such a strength once you classify something like that is the way it is I think then that person is like okay this is me this is my group of people and this is where we fall with this set of terms and they close that off in a box and compartmentalize and then when you and then like okay this is people like me like a non-binary individual this is what I associate with them here's their list of labels they're in this box but then you start to see it cross over and they're like whoa not okay things are merging in my venn diagram right like just and that's not cool with them and there's like there's fear that comes with that I don't know if that's like a great way to put it but no that's a good way to put it there's something that I mean a bit of a tangent but that is reminded me of that I love a tangent that I would like to share. Um, a friend of mine, um, I wouldn't even say came out, but I guess came out about two years ago. And she, what? So congratulations. <laughs> I'll tell her. Yeah, um, and she was immediately by all of her friends in the LGBTQ plus community asked to label and define herself like are you a lesbian are you bi are you pansexual and she was like hold on like I am just a person that loves another person I don't have a label for it right now and so she's struggling or she was struggling to I mean she just entered this community that is known for being so open to everyone and was still immediately forced to put herself in a box that she was just discovering was even an option um and she struggled with that a lot and I just thought it was I mean hypocritical that they're so open and yet they also really needed that definition I think this is a great tangent because we've talked about how yeah we've talked about how important the label and classifications are and I think that the LGBTQ plus community is I'd say that in general, it is a very open community, but in some spaces there is that like almost extra overwhelming pressure to immediately define yourself and immediately label yourself because it is a group that has been rather othered by society. So like within that space, it's like, okay, how can I label myself because the label makes me feel comfortable? And this just comes from societal pressures that we hate to see but exist and this is just how we function now but if we never if we could just start over and do it completely differently and people didn't feel that pressure I think we would see a lot more individuals like your friend being able to say okay I am this I am who I am and it can be left up for your interpretation and that's fine with me I don't feel this pressure to label myself because at the end of the day this might be another hot take but at the end of the day what really matters is how other people perceive you and I don't mean on the trivial level of 
oh, is my hair okay? Like, do I look okay? Like, was I laughing too much? Was I too loud? No, I mean, what matters is what you did for another person. Did your actions benefit someone today? And are like, is someone perceiving that I am putting good out into the world? Like someone could think, oh, I'm doing all of these great things. I'm the best person in the world, but that is who they are internally. But if those are only their words and their actions don't reflect that, then that's not who you really are. Yeah. You know, that's not who you are to the world. So yeah, I think your friend has a great outlook and just being like, yeah, this is, this is me. I don't, I don't need the labels. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I was clear in that at all. No, that made sense. Um, and I mean, it's like, I feel fake kind of like sitting here and talking about all this because I I mean my labels are easy and expected I mean I'm a straight woman I'm a cisgender woman that is heterosexual like it's like what what right do I have to sit here and debate this stuff um so I think it's I just I don't know. It's easier said than done, I think. Well, you're you're also allowed to have an opinion and there's so much behind the label. Like you saying I'm a cisgendered heterosexual woman, if I didn't know you and I was just hearing that, I would immediately put you in a box of stereotypes. But I do know you and I know your character and your personality and there's just like so much more that I think you have every right to exist in this space and share your opinion as a feminist as an ally as a friend as just like an overwhelmingly supportive person and and every like for everyone who's blessed to have you in their life like that's I don't know that's something that doesn't get brought into that label so you say oh I don't know if I have I even have the right to like share these opinions I think you absolutely do because you're you also make such an effort to like learn about this stuff this is an advocate for the rights of other people and it's important to you and and so on and so yada yada yada. you know i could go on forever okay thank you okay so that's basically all we have time for today um thanks for being here abigail thank you so much for having me i think we had a great conversation today um just to kind of summarize, we talked about the balance, equal balance of masculine and feminine, and then what happens when those get unbalanced in the ideal perfect society, um, how that looks from an over the head kind of removing yourself view. Uh, we talked about the opinion, or we kind of debated um, the view of non-binary people and how there is um tension between masculine feminine and non-binary and we talked about some personal experiences and people that we know and how that has shaped our own views I think that was a really fun I had a great time I'm so glad you could make it it's been so great to see you oh my gosh yeah you too we need to talk more like this like we need to FaceTime we never FaceTime I think I FaceTimed you once when you were in Indiana um it might have been like this is the first time I've seen your face in a year and we've maybe done six phone calls yeah well 
we'll we'll get on that some more but um abigail you learned the banjo a little bit yeah i did i learned wagon wheel for all the infants i did oh did they did they clap they were grooving okay that's great they we gave them they weren't infants they were like two to four and we gave them spoons and washboards so it was just like a cacophony and i was singing wagon wheel (laughs) like it was getting us actually okay um (laughs) everyone remember that abigail has a song released on spotify called tracks in the snow by by party garden um so go support abigail she's a great musician do you have any plans for the rest of your day um i'm actually watching someone's farm so i need to go to the farm and check on the sheep and the chickens and the quail dogs okay okay that sounds like a really good time yeah do you have any plans for your day um i think i'm gonna go to the bank Mm. and pick up my i had to order foreign currency i had to order euros because of my Europe trip in a few weeks. How does it, so you just like order the money and then pay that amount and it's like a trade? Well, yeah. So I had to order euros so they can get it shipped into the bank. And then I paid for it in the dollar amount, which is higher. Just so you lost money? No. <laughs> okay, I really like... I just like don't understand how money works but this is a conversation for a different time okay well we'll talk about it another time maybe on one of our upcoming okay. facetime calls do you have a roth ira or wait is that what even what it's called i'm a child i have so many okay we'll talk about this later money stresses me out okay don't you know what i say don't fret a freckle you invest? what you invest no Oh, okay. I was just okay. It makes but I did find this book. I found this book called The Financial Feminist that I might read. You probably you probably should, and I probably should. And when I'm done, I'll give it to you. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay. Well, this has been great, Abigail. Thank you for all of our listeners. I appreciate you all so much. And goodbye.